You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Tuesday, and today you'll hear an episode from our Takeover series. Every month, we ask a different practitioner or thought leader to host a series of interviews that cover a specific theme that's relevant to our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another episode of the Flip My Funnel podcast. Uh, as always, the, the one of the best privileges that I have is to have somebody take over one of the episodes. It actually is less work for me, quite frankly. So it's, it's a really cool thing. But as we started this big community, we're finding incredible podcasters who are running their own amazing experiential podcast. So Samir, who's one of the, the members of the big community, has his own podcast that he started. It's called Experience Business Podcast. So I invited him to join me so I can introduce you uh, to him and also for him to actually share what this podcast is about and what kind of people he's going to interview for you. So Samir, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Sangram. Thank you so much. You know, I'm highly obliged. And to be very frank, I've, it's my pleasure and a wonderful to be part of this Peak community. That's awesome, man. So tell us a little bit about your podcast that you have been running and what type of people are you interviewing on that for our community? Hey, you know, this is very interesting because I personally believe that every company should be the experience company because uh, people don't buy product. They don't buy services. They only buy the experiences. So the my podcast is about the experience business podcast, meaning every business should focus on creating the experience. And in this podcast, I normally interview people and sometimes also solo where I talk about what are the strategies, what are the viewpoint of other leaders like CXOs, CMOs, CTOs to make their business uh, an experience business. That is fantastic, man. So let's go and like deep dive into it because Samir, you have above, I think about 10 episodes that you have graciously agreed to have it shared on the Flip Mafra Takeover Tuesday and Thursday episode. So Samir, again, thank you for doing that. Information about you and your podcast is going to be in the show notes. Let's go. Thank you. Hey everyone, this is Samir Kumar Saha, your host in the podcast, The Experience Business. Guys, you know that customer experience has a direct impact on revenue, but a great customer experience requires a deeper level of personalization, which is not achieved by the inbound marketing used by the enterprise B2B companies selling their high-end products or the services. And the real reason is that it is not personalized for the specific business accounts. And account-based marketing in the enterprise B2B is addressing that because account-based marketing is enabling B2B marketers to carry out personalized marketing campaigns for the prospects. Still, many ABM programs fail. And we know that, we, I mean, we all know that there is no one-size-fits-all ABM program, but still there is a huge confusion. Many businesses fail to choose the right type of ABM strategies for themselves. So in today's podcast, we are going to discuss with Kim Mary Ruket uh, on the strategies to select the right ABM. Welcome, Kim, first of all. Uh, hey, hi, Samir. How are you? Thank you so much. I, I'm, I'm great. How are you? Good, good. Thank you for having me today. Kim is an enterprise marketing leader and she is a B2B practitioner, growth strategist, and has been a marketing director of various enterprise companies like Oracle, 
Pivotal Software, STL Web Content Management as a Senior Marketing Director, serving in the countries like North America, Middle East and Japan. So she's a very senior leader in the marketing domain. And today we are going to demystify what kind of ABM strategies that we need to choose. Kim, how was our experience in the previous appearance on the LinkedIn, right? That was really funny. <laughs> you supported it really well. <laughs> oh, it was hysterical, but it was fun. We had a good time. So that's all that mattered. <laughs> now, honestly, speaking, uh, honestly speaking, it was my first experience and uh, I just tried for the first time. Viewers, you won't believe that I invited Kim for the first time. We are just having uh, just a basic conversation around marketing and ABM strategies. And I just disclosed this to Kim that uh, I, I have just got the LinkedIn live uh, very recently and I would like to be on LinkedIn. And she just motivated me to come on LinkedIn. And because of her, right, I was able to come live within five minutes. You won't believe without any preparation, no agenda. And it was all good. And Kim supported me so good. Oh, thank you, Samir. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kim. So coming back to the topic, right, uh, for the listeners and the viewers, we all want to know that what type of ABM strategy a company should choose. Um, there are types of ABM strategies like one-to-many, one-to-few, or one-to-one uh, targeting various accounts. So according to you, what type of ABM strategy a company should choose? Uh, thank you, Samir. So um, before I go into that, I did want to reiterate that account-based marketing, often mm -hmm. called ABM, is an organizational strategy mm -hmm. to create revenue. Okay. And it's the same as business to business marketing, like you talked about B2B strategy, but it's more of a focused approach mm -hmm. and not as broad, like B2B can get very broad. So yeah. with that being said, there are three different approaches that I'll address, just like you talked about the one-to-one, -one, the one-to-few and the one-to-many. Yeah. And how do you decide what's right for your business? How, yes. what's right for you? So one to, the one-to-one -one approach, I always start with that one because um, most people, when they start, depending on this type of, uh, um, business that they are, if they're an enterprise or a small to medium business, SMB, one-to-one mm -hmm. uh, -one is still applicable to SMB, but um, so that's why I start with one-to-one. Uh, -one. So one-to-one -one is an approach with existing customers that you may have. And the reason that I start with that is you pick your target accounts and they're high valued account. Mm -hmm. And um, with SMB, sometimes they might be going to, and I just went through this with a consulting position I was just recently in, and that was a company that was established overseas in Asia and was coming into the U.S. market. So they didn't have any uh, accounts to be customers in a one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. So we did, however, make a list of target accounts. And what the approach with that is you identify accounts that most often they're usually customers that have landed and you want to expand their footprint in the technology and mm -hmm. add revenue and streams that come in or their contracts up. They're just high value accounts and relationship focus. It's high level of personalization. It, it, it's the most investment in your marketing dollars in an ABM and uh, it's resource. It eats up a lot of resources for time and resources across your infrastructure, your team, your global team. Mm -hmm. um, uh, but the deals are larger and you get more return on your investment. And then you have the one to few, which is customers and prospects. And one to few is, again, it's targeted accounts. It's account-based marketing. The targets that you select, though, are in groups. They're subgroups. So 
you might enter a market and your industry vertical might be retail, manufacturing, financial services, could be any mm -hmm. of them. You select your three top high ones, mm -hmm. two or three, and you, then in, within that, the next level is you select um, five to 25 accounts per vertical. So for instance, mm -hmm. when I worked at Oracle, we selected our top tier accounts in financial services in oh. the New York, and you can go regionalize it too, in the New York metro area, in Chicago had 25 in the different areas where there was financial service. And mm -hmm. with that, it's still um, relationship building. It's still personalization. It's just a bit, tad bit uh, smaller than the personalization that you do with one-to-one. -one. Um, it is very targeted. It, 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 it's moderate marketing investment for it. So I mm -hmm. like to always bring the money in because I never know what stage people are at in B2B. I don't know what their marketing dollars are. Um, or spend. And then the one-to-many, it's often referred to ABM at scale. And that's exactly what it is. You mm -hmm. scale out to prospects and net new opportunities and net new customers that you're trying to attract, engage, attract, and um, activate, and then, of course, uh, measure. And um, those are, in this approach, technology, your technology stack really plays into this. And that would be your marketing automation, uh, email marketing systems, any of your social, uh, anything that you do is ads, any of your digital marketing, that all plays a big role. It's really technology focused mm -hmm. more so than the one-to-one face-to-face that mm -hmm. you would have with account-based marketing one-to-one. -one. Okay. Uh, great, great. So uh, as far as I understand, right, any successful ABM campaign is always balances one of the three measures, that is, the likelihood of a given target account buying or the resources required to acquire them as a customer and also definitely the potential ROI to your business if they convert, right? But uh, is there any size required for the team? Let's say if in case someone chooses uh, one of these, right? How many accounts uh, in general you see in the practice, right? People should go about if they choose one-to-one -one or one-to-many or, or, or one-to-few. I think there's some, um, one thing that an ABM practitioner has to do is really mm -hmm. assess their market and their target market. And mm -hmm. that starts with identifying their target addressable market and understanding how many they're trying to reach. And if they have an existing install base that they're trying to upsell and cross-sell, mm -hmm. if they have partners and prospects, because you are still, some people only have partner programs, mm -hmm. ABM, the strategy in itself is applicable across all of those. So, um, there isn't one, you wouldn't do it if you only have a hundred accounts because they're all one-to-one. -one. Mm. Um, it's really when you're trying to penetrate and, and, and expand your market share and mm -hmm. expand your business and grow. So it's growth market. So, oh. so uh, I mean, speaking only from the point of view of smaller teams, uh, I mean, the startups are coming up who are targeting to enterprises. If they are, okay. let's say only yeah. five to 10 people marketing team, I think I think the five or ten people is still better, bigger for these people, right? What is the approach that they should have initially? Uh, they should focus on uh, one to many or like one to one. So that's a great question, and um, resources is really what you have to look at. So when mm. you decide on what approach you're going to take, whether one to one, one to few, or one to many, 
you really need to look at who is your support team in marketing. But one thing we're missing here too, as well, is how big is your sales team and how fast are you growing in the sales revenue? Mm. So when you select it, I know many marketers that are in SMB and there's three of them and what they produce is amazing and how they interact and you know, they'll have a marketing operations person and somebody who does product marketing and content marketing or a writer. Mm. And then they're actually doing all the other things, including event and field. And, um, and they are doing ABM. It's just another bucket, you know, something else on that bucket. And um, with that being said, I think when you interlock with sales, you really determine uh, your resources. And if you're an SMB, you start out with a pilot. Mm. Because you're going to see if it's going to work. And then prove yourself to, to the executives and the leadership team and sales that it's successful and you're able, and usually with that, you're bringing in revenue, they give you more, more um, team members. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but- definitely can utilize the approach in any of them. You know, if they're trying to build their business, they can do more on the one to many and mm. to use the technology to, mm. to extend you know- out. You know, when the people come to me saying that, uh, how Samir, how should we go about uh, account-based marketing? And yes, the, this is the first question I ask that how many people that you have in your team? And uh, I know that there are so many technology stacks available to find the data, intent, customer, right? Because there's so many tech stack available in the market. And uh, if the team is small, I say that blindly, I say that, okay, you have the LinkedIn. And I think if you are small, even a one founder, uh, LinkedIn can be is the best platform to leverage the account-based marketing to start with. Yes. That, can be, yes. Uh, that, that, that could be just a one person creating a content and then uh, targeting using the sales navigator by filtering the accounts and then going ahead. Yeah. But one thing people have to remember, it is personalized. There is yes, personalization. Yes. And that's very important with account-based marketing. That separates out with B2B. Whereas you craft the message and you push it out. Whereas with account-based marketing, you devise mm-hmm. the, the messaging that you're conveying to your opportunities yeah. by a committee of people within mm-hmm. and understanding the accounts that you're targeting and their pain points and you're coming up with the solution. Yeah, right. right. The way you choose the ICP, ideal custom profile, it's not going to be the same for one-to-many, one-to-few, or one-to-one. So what's the basic criteria that you think for each type of ABM? At least the top two, three criteria, if you can uh, share with us, you know, for each type of accounts that people should consider will be great. All right. So again, to set the level field on that, you know, the ideal customer profile is mm-hmm. who are you selling to? And with that being said, there's a, there's a baseline mm-hmm. that goes across one-to-one, one-to-few, one-to-many. And that's, you know, the firmographics and the segmentation, yeah. you know, the annual revenue, the company size, geographics, all that stuff. Um, but the top two to three criteria is like with one to one, you know, um, it already fits the criteria, but there's buying signals. Mm-hmm. Um, it's there's buying signals for expansion, whereas maybe your products and services have new features and functionalities and there's an opportunity to upsell and cross sell mm-hmm. those accounts. Or there's a buying signal because um, buyer intent, maybe you have data, insight data that they're looking at competitive technology and their contracts coming up and you're looking for them to renew with you and not churn so you can keep the 
residual revenue. Um, with one to few, they too fit the ideal customer profile, but it also will include brands that are often referred to as logos mm -hmm. that will offer strategic value. So with one to few, there are customers and prospects, I mentioned it, but they, maybe they're not that high, high value of a one to one. Mm -hmm. um, and they're large strategic accounts, they're critical to the business. And even with an SMB, it's the same. When you have that ideal customer profile, it's, you know, what's their revenue? What are you trying to achieve? And what, what will your partnership be with them? Mm -hmm. And you already, I think, mentioned also in, when you were giving the introduction about one-to-one, -one, right? You already said that it's always best to start with one-to-one uh, -one when you already have the existing customer to look for like how best we can sell the other products or the services within the same account by nurturing them about, uh, about, this, about the new things that you are coming up with, right? Yes. And, and also the, um, another thing with the one-to-one -one is that you want to make sure that when, because it's an existing customer and upsell and cross-sell, mm -hmm. you also want them to, at some point, become your goal, you know, your global brand advocate. Yeah. You want to be your customer reference. And mm -hmm. that's another thing. And there's really no monetary dollar to put on that, but market value is unbelievable because people buy from reference, you know, you, when you go to a restaurant, you look on your phone, it goes by reviews and what people say about your business or, or, or whatnot. So you want to make sure that you have that as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. You just mentioned about the buying intent. Many people get wrong in actually choosing or identifying the buying intent for the account. So mostly there's a confusion among the people that MQL is actually the buying intent. <laughs> what is that the people making wrong, identifying the right buying intent for an account? That's a great question because I think you'll see MQLs in the marketing world in the next three to five years definitely fade out. Marketing yeah. leads was really based off of lead scoring, based off of actions taken, download, um, watched the video, mm -hmm. went to the site, read a blog, and and known or unknown, right? Because we there are tools out there that we track all that stuff, mm -hmm. and um, that is one of the confusion about the actions that a prospect or a customer takes, whether mm -hmm. it's on your website or in person or goes to an event, um, just because they're there, there's confusion on that because they may not fit the, the ideal customer profile and they may not be anything but somebody that's looking for a job, mm -hmm. right? So, mm -hmm. And then another common error is that um, they're not investing in buyer intent data tools like Zoom Info and Bambora. And I know SMBs can't do that um, because of the cost structure to it, but yes. Zoom Info now has an SMB, but also you can use Sales Navigator and see yeah. the buying. You can follow people and, and read the news and do market research and understand what the person is doing that's coming to your site and if they are of value once you identify them. Um, mm -hmm. And then marketers, they just have, um, they're not able to inter the, interpret the data analytics and, 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 and the action that it's taking, right? Because once, these tools are there, the analytics tools that doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, there's tons and tons of data and how does it extrapolate and then pull it all together into one view mm -hmm. of what has actually happened. And a lot of times that data is skewed or, or inaccurate. Um, so that's another thing. So that's why it's even more important that sales and marketing are always interlocked on mm. what identifies the best account and what actions do they take 
that they, the hands is raised and it's flipped over to sales that this is an account you identify and somebody in these 10 people in the buying center actually um, took action and at least called them and identify whether it's an SDR or if it's a, you know, a direct account, right? Mm, mm. Uh, it's, it's a very tight model with mm. sales in identifying the accounts. So with one-to-one, you know who those are, whether you choose five accounts, 25 accounts, mm-hmm. one to two. Um, again, it's 150 accounts prospect. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you work with them. But with the one to many, mm-hmm. that's where the problems occur or that's where you decide they're not and you put them back to nurture or into mm-hmm. another because that one is where you if you use if you decide on the one to many approach, you really need to tightly identify what is gonna bring that customer on the journey and bring them over to sales and sales will accept them as an opportunity and, and convert them to an opportunity. Mm. What you're saying is that there's no point jumping immediately and rather pause and take a step back and see that what is actually the right intent of the customer and if they are ready or not. The tight alignment between the sales and marketing is required, as you already mentioned. What are the top areas where sales and marketing teams should collaborate in each type of ABM? Well, sales and marketing should always be collaborating Mm -hmm. regardless of the level of the ABM. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not marketing to the masses. Mm-hmm. The accounts that we identify mm-hmm. or should be identifying are actually the the sales account list that mm-hmm. they come into the company. And whether you have two salespeople or ten or a hundred or whatever, mm-hmm. they have an assigned account list, mm-hmm. and they need to tier those account lists: tier one, tier two, tier three. And then you decide, and from those, you mm-hmm. decide if you choose an ABM one-on-one campaign approach, then you need to determine which of those accounts will be in that pool. If you choose mm-hmm. to do one to few and mm-hmm. customers and prospects, then you need to decide on that too. And I think if you really tie it in that and working together, those are the areas that they have to work together and identify. Mm. And, and sales needs to also be engaged with the ideal customer profile. Mm-hmm. You know, what is the ideal customer? What are the pain points that they see in the market that, that would identify that, yes, this, what are the yes signals? What are the check marks mm-hmm. that, that sales says, yes, if this, this, and this, then these are the opportunities should come over to that lead, that prospect. Okay. Okay. So in that case, now what should be the key marketing tactics uh, used by uh, each ABM yeah, types? That's, that's yes. perfect. So, um, one-to-one is really personalized and, and it's relationship building and it's one-on-one and mm-hmm. it's, and there's a committee of people involved. It's face-to-face meetings, it's online and offline, it's executive relationships, it's, you know, direct mail, custom content, uh, landing mm-hmm. pages that are account uh, logoed. Um, it's, it could be anything of many things, but it's really focused and targeted and messaging and newsletter and and everything branding on it and everything. And then with one to few approach, it's email marketing as well, direct marketing, webinars, custom content too, mm-hmm. um, which includes like videos, webinars, po- podcasts, mm-hmm. uh, website personalization, events. With one to one approach though, also, that's when you, um, years ago, I did an event with. SunGuard availability services up in Pennsylvania. And what I did was I bought a hundred tickets to the zoo mm-hmm. and I gave it out so that 
the every on my buying committee, mm-hmm. I gave it out to them and they all received. I said, how, you know, how many in your family, how many tickets you want? And I mailed it. To them. Mm-hmm. So I gave them a day, an Oracle day at the zoo. Mm-hmm. And when they got there, they got all little packages and, and then they all went in, but it was a family day. Like they didn't have to do anything with, with Oracle, but they, they got the swag, they, they got free tickets and they got a free day out with the family. Mm. Mm-hmm. Now, I remember that in one of the professional groups of marketers, right? One guy asking a question that he was trying to create a dedicated landing page for a particular account so that all the resources uh, will talk about only that particular company. And that was a good strategy. How common do you see this kind of strategy being used by the companies? Oh, in the see, enterprises? I see, um, I see it. It, 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 it. It's IT constraining, but I will tell you there is tools that are out there and I do see it. That's, that's a great segue. I do see a lot of it and people making portals, you know, portal pages like uh-huh. and Yes, I see that a lot more and I see that up and coming for the next phase of B2B marketing. I mean, mm. It is going to be really resource intensive, 100 separate accounts. And uh, for each separate account, right, having a dedicated website or sub-websites and then resources is going to be huge. Yeah, for, that is huge. That's why you have a dedicated AVM one-to-one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to really define that. And that's a great segue because that's one of the things when you decide on how you're going to move forward with account-based marketing uh, is the resources and then the wish list and the can wish, you know, the can do list, right? Because there's a wish list and sales wants everything mm-hmm. and marketing is here to provide everything to them because mm-hmm. we all are part of the revenue pool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, that's one of, that's really smart about the resource. Yeah. So we can always come up with a new idea to try out and what others are not trying in the market. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Kim. So I have a next question, which is about metrics. So what are the common metrics should we careful about in ABM? And which one we should choose for every kind of ABM? Well, all of them have, you have to have metrics for all of them. And, mm-hmm. um, and they all really, it's average deal size, it's ROI, it's win rate, it's, um, you know, the sales cycle, the length of the sales cycle. If it's a customer, it's probably shorter. Um, retention rate, you know, and then, and then of course the net promoter score on how well you do in customer satisfaction. Okay. And, um, when you look at your accounts, it really goes back to really doing research on your accounts and determining what's their account value, right? What is the revenue value, the annual mm. contract value that'll come in. Some people call it ACB mm. uh, with those accounts. Like what, it, what, what is your hopes? You know, what, what did you determine to be the dollars it's, it's a whole model to it, but those are the areas that you want to look at. Contract value, win rate, the sales cycle. Mm. Uh, I think the pipeline growth is something just common across all. What I don't see, especially in the one too many, is uh, the rate at which the deals are closed. The win rate, you've already closed them. Mm-hmm. You're, it's, a new, it's a new close. It's a new deal. So mm. you're expanding that revenue stream. So there's two pieces is that you want to um, continue your existing revenue stream and then of course expand the dollars on it. Mm. Um, I think with what you were talking about pipeline, um, so that would be determined right off the bat. Um, and, and you should have a baseline. If you don't, you're going to have to start working with sales and say, well, 
what do you, you know, what do you tell the sales leadership team? Mm. What do you say when you have five accounts and they're five hundred fifty thousand dollars each? How much are they going to come in at? What's your drop off rate or close rate? What's your win rate, lose rate? Why do you lose? All stuff like that. With the when you drop down into prospects or customers and prospects, you're mm. going to see um, a higher turnover of uh, and a longer sales cycle only mm. because. You are paying attention. You are personalizing, and they they fit your ideal customer profile. However, again, they're net new. You're starting from the front, branding, awareness, and bringing them through the customer journey and through the pipeline. So mm-hmm. to get them to take a- action and take interest and um, raise their hands and you know signal that they're ready to buy or they need more information. I think those the second ladder too is a longer sales cycle. But then mm-hmm. and if it's one-on-one or if it's the customers that are one to few, if the higher the sales deal, the more complex the sales deal, the longer the sales cycle. Mm-hmm. But the objective of account-based marketing is to shrink the time and the length of the sales cycle. Mm-hmm. Did I answer your question? That I was just thinking, you know, yes, you're right. It gets complex for each type of ABM strategy. And sometimes, you know, people tend to use one metrics from other. What you said is completely right. And pipeline growth is anyway old metrics. Uh, you already made it a point that the MQL strategy, right, is going to diminish in the near future. So anyway, those metrics cannot be counted, at least in this ABM strategy. Okay. Do you think that people should also use inbound still or like the enterprises should leave inbound marketing Oh, no, I think they should absolutely use it in parallel with account-based marketing. I believe mm-hmm. they're, they're an overlay. They work very well together. Inbound marketing is people coming to you and you still need to have content marketing. You still need to have the awareness and the SEO and the marketing and the blogs and the events and the search engine optimization. That's inbound marketing. That's somebody mm. doing a search engine. You still have to, and, and, and you still have to utilize paid search because when somebody does a search in Google, you want to make sure they land on your page. Mm-hmm. And the reason being that it's not going to go away is because you don't know when you start in business, you think, you know, all your customers and all the industries and all the verticals, mm-hmm. but sometimes the market defines where you should be. And you may come in and have an opportunity to be somewhere else. And you won't know if you didn't have inbound. So it's inexpensive. Um, it's, mostly digital marketing mm-hmm. with a few field events. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you do digital marketing, there are many account-based marketing platforms out there that do ads and target ads and search engine optimization. There's marketing tools in the stack that can help. Mm. So yeah, I, inbound marketing is here to stay. So inbound is not going to go away. I, I, th- I think Sangram in one of the conferences talked about all bound, like mix of, ABM and uh, inbound marketing, all about Right. Yeah, well, that makes sense because account-based marketing is outbound. Mm. You know, you're, you're reaching out, you're building the relationship, everyone's engaged. So yeah, that's great. I like that. Yeah. So I guess, you know, you made a very great point, Kim, and it was a great conversation and having you in the show. Uh, Thank you. I just want to leave off. Thank you so much for all the potential ABM practitioners out there. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's a really, there's tons of resources out. I do want to recommend the ABM is B2B. Why B2B marketing and sales is broken and how to fix it. It's a book that Sangram, since you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This book is really amazing. 
Yeah. So I, that's a book that I, that I prefer. So I definitely recommend that to anybody who wants to dive deep. He's got models. He goes through his, um, the whole framework of team and, um, definitely take a look at it. It's on Amazon. Yes. The book name is ABM is B2B by Sangram Vajre. But thank you so much, Kim. And thank you for having me and you have a nice evening. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.